I'm not a loser, but sometimes I do loser things. In the event that this fails, they'll never be able to come to me and say, hey, remember that podcast you did that didn't go so well? No, that was our podcast. We did that. Yes, welcome to episode seven of the In My Own Words podcast. This is our podcast. I am the podcast host, Tony R. Sanders. Happy Sunday. Merry Christmas, everybody. If you're listening to this, that means that it's Sunday and it's the 23rd. Christmas Eve is tomorrow. You still have 24 hours left to get your gifts. As we speak right now, my wife is out Christmas shopping. Uh, what's really funny is she's Christmas shopping for me and my pops right now. <laughs> I still had three gifts to get. My pops had four gifts to get. And shout out to my wife. She was kind and sweet and nice enough to go out and get the gifts. So um, she doesn't listen to my podcast, so she will never hear this. But I mean, you know, shoot her a text. Tell, tell her I was giving her some love on the podcast. And uh, that'll that'll give me some some street cred in the room. You know what I'm saying? It'll give me nice little brownie points for my wife. So welcome to this episode. We're going to have fun this episode, man. I feel really good about this podcast. And uh, we got to kind of start on a low note, though. There's some business that we have to address first. Now, I have to give a wow award to somebody. And I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. Because there are certain standards that I set for myself with this podcast, right? I'll give you a couple of them. One standard is I am obligated to tell you the truth as I see it from my perspective when I talk about anything, right? So no matter what we're talking about, you know, sports, hip hop, music, religion, whatever we get into, I have obligated myself to tell you the truth. That's one standard. There's another standard and that standard is to make sure that how can I say this T- to make sure that I follow the guidelines that I set up uh, basically not to compromise some of the things that are very near and dear to me when creating this content like I said honesty is one of them another one is making sure the rules apply to everybody right so if I set a rule for something that I do I want to make sure that that rule applies to everybody I won't discriminate it doesn't matter who you are or, you know, what you've done or whatever, if you fit within the rules, that is, that rule is going to be applied to you, right? So I'm I'm stammering, I'm stumbling, I'm holding back because I really don't want to give this wow award. But listen, when I came up with the wow award in my mind, right, it was just about giving people the attention for some of the dumb things that they were doing. Right. For me, wow is an acronym. It's when people choose their whackness over wisdom. Right. It's when people choose to do something dumb when they have better options, when they could have done a little more research, a little more Googling, a little more background. They could have done something way better than what they actually done. Right. And so this week, the wow war goes to me. Yes, I got to give myself the wow award. Now, you may be asking, why are you giving yourself a wow award? Wow. Yo, you're tripping. I didn't even give the round of applause. First of all, before I wow myself, let me give myself a round of applause for episode seven, making it seven weeks into this podcast thing. Let me not play myself. I'm about to beat up on myself, but I had to give myself a round of applause. Okay, now this is back to this wow. Now, 
if you listen to the podcast last week, I I did something that was very wow worthy. Now, to my intentions were pure. To my credit, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was helping out a young offset and his apology to Cardi B. Right? I was saying that he's a musician and he needs to make sure that he apologizes uh, the right way with the music. You know, I had the Ray J playing. I played a little Ruben Stutter, you know, Sorry, 2004. I had all these things. But what I failed to do were two plain and simple wow-worthy things. Number one, the first piece of advice I should have gave Offset is stop cheating on your wife, bruh. Wow. Stop cheating on your wife. It seems so obvious, right? And I didn't realize that I didn't say it until I saw someone mention it online. And it's like, everybody talking about how Offset should apologize, but they're not saying what he should do first. And I'm like, okay, what is that? Stop cheating on your wife. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I should have said that last week. My bad. And I and I <laughs> I definitely said I wasn't giving him a wild word for cheating. That doesn't mean that I didn't think it was dumb. I just felt like that went without saying. Like obviously, you need to change your behavior, right? The best apology is change behavior. So obviously, offset. You need to stop cheating. But I never actually said that. And so I got to give myself this wow. Wow. Just for that. And the second reason why I'm giving him a wow is that I didn't need to tell him how to apologize to Cardi because she already told him how she wants to be apologized to. That's another thing somebody said to me online. Men don't listen. She already told you how you should apologize to her. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance. She told you right there. <laughs> it was in the song. I even said last week these artists tell us a lot in their lyrics. And she said it. She said it. Oh my God. She said it. And I missed it. So offset. All you gotta do is text. One text and this could have been over. This could have been over. You or I wouldn't be in this situation if we would have got past that. By the way, quick update. There are pictures leak uh floating around online of Offset and Cardi on the beach somewhere together. Not saying that she took him back, but I'm just saying that he probably sent a text message and got back in good graces. There's another wild word that I need to give. Let me pull it up here because I don't want to get this one wrong. And I was debating on whether I should even go into this one or not because it is somewhat of a, a serious, sensitive subject. And I didn't really want to have, you know, a dagger put on the podcast with this, but I, I got to do it. It's about a referee in New Jersey who was refereeing a wrestling match. And in this match, he made the uh, one of the young men, a young black male, cut his hair in order to continue with the match. Now, the tweet I saw... They were applauding this man for having great character and being a team player, saying, oh, this guy sacrificed his hair for the team. I tend to see it a little different, but let's listen to the report from, what is this, the Today Show. Also this morning, an investigation is underway in New Jersey after a high school wrestler was forced to cut his dreadlocks off just minutes before a match. And the referee who told him to do it is now coming under fire for that call. Here's NBC's Kathy Park. 
This morning, a New Jersey referee benched after video of a student having his hair cut off went viral. To cut somebody's hair off? It's not right. If they literally had a pair of scissors, it looked like they used to maybe cut athletic tape or something like that. And they're cutting his dreads off with gloves on so he can compete. I won't play the entire clip, but that's not being a team player. Being a team player would have been that coach or someone stepping up on that team saying, you know what, if his hair isn't acceptable, our entire team isn't acceptable here. So if he can't wrestle, if he can't participate because he's wearing dreadlocks, guess what? None of us are going to participate. And if you think that's crazy, that's exactly what Frank Sinatra did in Vegas when they didn't want to let people like Sammy Davis Jr. into the clubs that he was performing at. Oh, you want me? Well, you got to take Sammy too. That would have been being a team player. But since she didn't do that, and the referee thought it was a great idea to enforce the rule that doesn't exist. Wow. You get this wow. Oh my God. Wow. All right. I got another wow award for you guys. Now, David and Tamala Mann. I don't know if you guys know David and Tamala Mann. They are, uh, I knew them initially from uh, Kirk Franklin and the Family. Gospel choir. They sung in the early 90s. They were uh, two of the choir members in this choir. But I knew David because he actually sang a solo on one of the early Kirk Franklin and the Family albums. I can't remember the name of the song right now, but I grew up in a very uh, Christian household and we listened to a lot of Christian music as well as other music. But Kirk Franklin and the Family were big influences on my childhood. So I knew a lot about the people that were in that choir as well as like John P. Key and their choir actually got to go to a couple of the concerts and get on stage, which is another story that we won't talk about at this time. But David and Tamala Mann were also made popular by their appearances in the Medea plays. They were Cora and Mr. Brown. And so a lot of people know them from that. They went on to have uh, movies with Tyler Perry. They went on to do TV shows with Tyler Perry. And then Tam uh, Tamala Mann had her breakout solo hit with take me to the king and she has some other songs that she's putting out but they have this entire thing going with their family they even had their own reality show called uh, it's a man's world i think it was playing off their last name but recently they've come under some heat about putting out a gospel and r&b album now i can't understand why everybody was so up in arms about two Christian singers, two great singers coming up with an R&B album. But let's listen to uh, what they said in their Facebook live video. Okay. 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 Up in here. So we seen that we've been a little topic on, uh, what is the shade room? We don't know. We old. We don't know a lot about the shade. We've been on the shade. Okay. So I thought, when they said we was on the shade room, I thought we did something bad. Cause that's that was like, what? Like, what did we do? Well, so we heard they've been clowning us about the albums. So they talking about like church, you know, it's for Christian people. This is for people that want to simply get booty. This is a love <laughs> It's for when you want to get booty. You ever hear your parents CD. talk about yeah, sex like you died in the room? Like, that's what this, this reminds me of. Get, if you married, get, get up. 
Do what you do. <laughs> but, it, but you know, some people not married and they tearing it up. Oh well, my God. We did it for the now, people. We even know some saints that's tearing it up. And they not married. And they not married. We not talking to, to y'all. <laughs> but it's just the truth. But the the album is not just for like Christian couples. It's for it's, it's just love music. Good, clean it's just love good. Music. We wanted to sing some stuff to each other about each other. And about us. It's from us to us. And then it is just love. God is love. Wow. Hey, I'm with them. Love is love and God is love. So it's all the same thing. It's all good. It's all love. But I just thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> I felt like I needed to share that with y'all because that was hilarious. And some of the comments that they were making on the shade room was hilarious. I saw one that said, uh, I ain't never pulled out, but God pulled through. Thought that was clever. See what y'all did with that one. I saw, I saw another one. Uh, instead of take me to the king, it was uh, take me to the D. I said it was what they was going to be singing. I uh, wasn't mad at that one. Probably what they be doing. They are married. They've been married 30 years, y'all. Like straight up, 30 years. What you think is going on in there? They've been married for 30 years. Let me see if I can find another one. There was another one. Uh, Marvin Sapp has a song. Marvin Sapp is a gospel singer as well. Never would have made it. Uh, they remixed that one into Never Would Have Climaxed. Ain't mad at that without you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you should go check it out. I think it's hilarious. But Christians are allowed to have sex. Okay. Let me ask y'all something. If Christians ain't sexy, where all these little Christians keep coming from? <laughs> If Christians ain't sexy, where all these little Christians keep coming from? Come on, man. Let's grow up. Christians can have sex and be sexy and sing about it if they want to. Okay? God created it. God created us. That's just the way that it is. So I had to give y'all wow. a little wow for that as well. Oh, my Now, let me get into my deep dive, and this is something interesting. This is a, a topic that is really uh, near and dear to my heart. It's about Pastor John Gray. If you don't know him, he was uh, a youth pastor and still is, I believe, an associate pastor at Joel Osteen's church, uh, the Lakewood Church. He also branched off and went to Greenville, South Carolina to start his own church, and with that church... He, uh, it's called the Relentless Church, I believe. And it's only been open for about six to nine months. I believe it just opened this year. From all accounts, he's doing very well. But he didn't come under fire because he has a church. He came under fire because he bought his wife a gift for his eight-year wedding anniversary. Now, we're going to get into the details, but I just want to tell you the reason why this subject in general is just kind of uh, something that I wanted to talk about and something that's important to me is number one, I'm a Christian, right? I don't hide that. I don't mind sharing that. Every time I say it, though, to people who don't know, they're like, oh, you're a progressive Christian. I'm like, no, I just read the Bible, and I know what it actually says. <laughs> and I know that what it says that we are free to do and not free to do, and I understand those things, and I live and do according to that as best I can. But also, I have... A lot of my family who were actually in the ministry. My grandfather is a pastor for over 60 years. I have cousins who are pastors. I have uncles who are pastors. And so I understand. I have an inside outlook 
on what it takes to be a pastor. Now, to be a good pastor, because there are differences between a good pastor and uh, a pulpit pimp, right? That That is a real thing. But to be a good pastor, it takes a lot. It takes so much that I often say I can't see why anybody in their right mind would decide, you know what? I'm going to take on this flock of people and I'm going to be responsible for their uh, physical and spiritual life. Like I would just never, there's nothing in me that says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. No. Right. And so there's this thing about Christians and when they look at a pastor that they make them or want to try to force them to live to a certain standard. And so going back to John Gray, the reason why he came up under so much heat and so much fire is because he bought his wife a gift for their eighth wedding anniversary. And I will admit, it wasn't just an ordinary gift. It was a nice gift. It happened to be a Lamborghini. Apparently, it's worth $200,000. Here's the article from Washington Post. It says, should a mega church pastor be lambasted for buying his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini. This is a column by uh, Michelle Singletary. It was published in the Washington Post December 20th. A husband surprised his wife with the car for their eighth wedding anniversary. He posted the joyous moment on Instagram. Probably no one would have cared except, in this case, the husband is a minister at a megachurch and the car costs as much as a home. It was no ordinary gift or husband. It was Pastor John Gray, of the Relentless Church in Greenville, South Carolina. So they had a video that he put up of him giving his wife a car for their eight-year wedding anniversary. Now, my initial reaction to this, and you can say, oh, he shouldn't have posted it. You know, he shouldn't have been trying to show off online, yada, yada, yada. My initial reaction to this is, why does anybody care? Like, why does anybody care that this man bought his wife a car for their anniversary. Tell me, tell me where you come into this equation. A man bought his wife a car for their eight year wedding anniversary. I'm trying to add up the math and somehow I don't see you fitting into the equation. A lot of people were mad at him about that. People started to doubt his authenticity started to doubt where the money came from, started to doubt all these things, right? And I want to be fair and objective. If you are a member of the Relentless Church, right, and you are aware of certain needs within the church or certain needs within the community, and you see your pastor passing out $200,000 gifts to his wife, that may give you cause to pause. In the back of your mind, especially if you're not well-versed in uh, the biblical principles of tithing and an offering, I could see how you may look at that a little funny. And I'm not going to turn this into a Bible study, right? But you should look up the purpose of a tithe and an offering. And I'll just tell you this. The reason why, and I, and I, see, a lot of, um, I see a lot of backlash online, and I was reading some of the comments. And a lot of people are saying, I don't see why you guys give your money to these filthy churches to uh, make the pastor rich. Right. And I want to clear up one thing. I have to address it and I'm going to play the clip and we can come back and talk about it a little bit more. 
uh, I have to address when you give your money, it's not about you giving to a pastor's pocket. It's not about who's on the receiving end of it very much at all. That's why, um, you know, you should always be a giver. Even if it's outside of the church, giving is very important because giving is the only way or one of the only ways for you to be close to God and to be like God. If you think of God's actions, right? And this is pretty much regardless of any God that you believe in. But if you think of God's actions, one of the biggest things that God has done outside of creation was giving, gave us life, continues to give us life on a daily basis, gives us strength, gives us opportunity, gives us discernment. If you believe in the Bible, he gave his only son to die for sins that you hadn't committed yet. So giving is a God thing. It's not a putting your money into someone else's pocket thing. It's not about that. It's never been about that. Now, there are provisions in receiving a gift, especially if you are a pastor, that, you know, you need to make sure that you follow those guidelines. And like I said, I'm not going to turn this into a Bible study, but I, w- I do wanted to clear that up really quickly because a lot of people have a, a, a weird way of thinking about giving, saying, well, God doesn't need my money. Of course he doesn't. He gave you the seed to sow. He doesn't need your money. <laughs> Look, the church, the church don't need my money. Well, clearly they don't because they, you haven't been given this whole time and the church is still going. So, I mean, they're figuring it out some way. <laughs> it's never been about that. Giving has always been a God thing. But let's listen to John Gray and what he had to say about the people who are criticizing the gift that he gave his wife. You know, and I want to talk about it for a second because it matters. And there's a couple things that matter because the, the stories that I hear, and I've tried to not listen to it, but one of them is pastor buys his wife, you know, this expensive car. First of all, it wasn't a pastor that bought the car. It was a husband that yeah. bought the car. In your face. Get that in your spirit. I'm a in your spirit first. is Don't the Christian version of in your face. what I do with who I am. <laughs> what I do is I pastor God's people. Who I am is a husband and a father, and I'll do anything to honor them. And I won't ask permission from anybody to do it. No man should. No man should. Listen to what he's saying, though, y'all. He's saying, I'm a husband first. Don't confuse what I do with who I am. Why should there be any restrictions on a husband buying a gift from his wife? Why should there be? Now, one of the things that I'm going to get online, and I'll address it now, and this is one of the things about the podcast that I've been thinking a lot about, right? Because I do this podcast, you know, in my home, in my comfort zone, by myself. There's no one here to challenge me on this And so I just get to speak freely in whatever way I feel. Right. And so there's nobody to challenge me. So let me let me try to challenge myself. But what if the money came from the church? What if he took the money from the offering plate and went and bought a two hundred thousand dollar car? That's the problem. It's not just a husband 
buying a wife car. He's taking these gifts from these people and he's using that money to fund a lifestyle that I guess society has or certain parts of society has agreed that it's too much. Number one, there are provisions for pastors to take the money from the church, from the offerings, from the tithes, and fund their life. Being a pastor is a job. It's a 24-7 full-time job. And a lot of times to do it well, that's the only thing that you can do. You can't be a full-time pastor and then also work a full-time 40, 50, 60-hour-a-week job. It, don't, it doesn't normally work like that. Right? The time that you aren't uh, studying, you are delivering a message. The times that you aren't delivering a message, you are counseling. The times that you aren't counseling, you are studying so you can deliver and counsel. Trust me, I've seen it for the last 31 years. It's a full-time job. That's number one. Number two, let me tell you something else about John Gray, specifically in this situation. The brother's been putting out albums since the 90s. Oh, you didn't know that. He sings. He has uh, two gospel albums out. Actually, a gospel album and an R&B album out. He has a book deal that he's been paid in advance on. He does speaking engagements across the globe and has prior to him opening the Relentless Church. It's also probably important to know that he does stand-up and has done world tours on stand-up. That's actually how I found him. I just happened to know that he was a pastor after I saw him do stand-up. I probably should also mention that he has a TV show that's going into its fourth season that not only does he star in, he's also an executive producer. <laughs> I'm saying this to say he didn't need the church's money. He's a businessman. He had money already prior to starting the church. He actually said that a part of his ministry is he wants to make sure that the church isn't, even the people that work there for him at the church, he wants to make sure that they show up every day to serve and that they look at him as their pastor and not their boss. So he recommends that everybody on his staff has other sources of income so they're not solely relying on money from the church because nobody is at the church to get rich. They are there to serve. They can go get rich outside of there. And if they serve right, this is his words, not mine. I'm just reciting what I heard from him. And I don't have time to play the whole clip. It was like 25 minutes and I'm exactly 25 minutes into this podcast. But if they focus on serving, the riches outside of that will come to them. And that's what's happening to him. It's the same thing that I hear people, and I'm not equating a pastor to this next person, but I hear this a lot with, Colin Kaepernick as well, right? So obviously he forfeited a lot of money in the NFL. He's kneeling for the causes that he believes in, whether you believe in it or not, just going with the facts. And he's losing a lot of money. So then when he signs a deal with Nike, by the way, he was already signed with Nike. He just re-signed. A lot of people were mad at him for taking the money. When they were selling the I'm with Cap hoodies and T-shirts and sweatshirts, a lot of, a lot of people were mad that he was taking money uh, are making money off of this movement, quote unquote. Why is it that when you have a righteous cause or you're serving 
a higher purpose. People think that you should live in poverty. Or people think that your earning potential or your lifestyle should somehow be capped by whatever society deems necessary. How backwards is that? We can listen to a lot of people do a lot of horrible things and we don't care about their lifestyle at all. We don't care about what type of car they buy, what type of thing that they do, or what type of house they live in, what type of plane they fly on. But as soon as you claim to do something that's righteous or for a good reason, all of a sudden there's a limit to how much you can earn. And just looking at the John Gray situation, I don't know him personally, right? I'm not caping for him personally. But I, it's something that I just see over and over with pastors that I just don't really understand. Why does ministry have to mean poverty? Why does ministry have to equal minimum? Why shouldn't it meet, ma mean maximum? And what's really funny is if you follow the principles of the Bible when it talks to money and how to handle money, um, it actually says that you would have more than you know what to do with. It actually says that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So people are judging a man for doing great work, receiving great rewards, and then spending that on someone else. <laughs> it wasn't his car even. He didn't even buy it for himself. And it's just so funny how easy the world and social media can get riled up over somebody that you don't even know. You don't know me if you're not from Cincinnati. You don't, you don't know me know if you me. don't know nothing about Grippos, Graders, La Rosa's. <laughs> you know you mad when you start listing all the foods that you grew up on. Listen to this again. You don't know me if you're not from Cincinnati. You don't know me if you don't know nothing about Grippos, Graders, La Rosa's. Yo, Grippos, Graders, and La Rosa's. First of all, I got a bag of Grippos next to me right now. No lie. Little, little bit of Grippo dust. Still left in the corner of the bag. I'm going to finish that as soon as the podcast is over. I haven't had Grater's ice cream in a, in a while, but I love Grater's ice cream. I get like the, uh, the, the black cherry ice cream is really, really good there. And then La Rosa's Pieces. You got to love La Rosa's Pieces. But this man, <laughs> this man was really mad. I think I may call the episode that. It's either, it's either going to be... Um, it's either going to be Grippo's Grater's in La Rosa or... Uh, they see me rolling. You know, remember the Chameleonaire song? Let me see if I can find this Chameleonaire song. The bottom line is this. Ministry doesn't mean that you have to live in poverty. Christians are people too, period. Right? Think about if you're, if you're a dad, and I'm not saying that you have to adopt this belief. I'm just saying this is what Christians believe. Oh, I found a song right here. Hey. <laughs> oh, this song I used to think this song was a classic It is a classic Let me not play myself This is a classic song Listen They see me rolling They hate on you, John Gray Patrolling and trying to catch me riding They hate on you Let your wife shine Yo, he had to go online and tell people that he didn't He didn't pay for the car in full And he had to get his credit right And He's making payments on the car. Like, that's crazy. Why do you have to explain that level of your life to people? And I understand why he did it, but I'm just saying, like, that's, that's sick to even have to do that. Especially when, uh, you know, according to the Bible, you serve someone who owns everything and that loves you. 
and that knows the desires of your heart and that is giving you the principles to uh, gain and acquire things like having money is not an evil thing right money is not the root of all evil the love of money is the root of all evil so having money is not a bad thing a lot of people just they just hating they hating and they don't even know you that's the part that you don't know me if you're not from cincinnati you don't know me <laughs> if you don't know nothing about grippos graders la rosas you don't know nothing about me if you don't know grippos graders la rosas he said it so <laughs> If you have time, it's a 25-minute live stream. It's on YouTube. You can just type in Pastor Gray Lamborghini or Pastor Gray, and I'm sure it'll come up in the in the thing. But uh, yeah, man, I just wanted to to do a little deep dive on that. And, you know, that's my words, but I would love to hear your words. Tell me what your words are when it comes to pastors accepting or having a certain uh, lifestyle, right? Uh, you hear people you know saying that they shouldn't be able to have planes and they shouldn't be able to have the private jets and they shouldn't be able to live in this type of house or that type of house so i'm interested to know what you guys think about this topic in particular and by the way i'm still looking for a way to include you guys into the podcast every week i still want to do a uh, in your own word segment where i play voice notes matter of fact I have one pulled up. This is uh, for a special listener. I want to play this for you. Um, on a previous episode, I talked about how someone always uh, shoots me a text. I shouldn't say always, but it's happened more than once. <laughs> I get text messages about um, how I pronounce certain words, right? I think one word was similar, and I said similar on the podcast. I'm going to make sure I continue to say similar, but listen to this voice note I received. It's your house, and you're the king of your house. Therefore, how you pronounce something is King's English. Boom. King's English. That's what I'm going to call it now. <laughs> However I pronounce something is King's English because I'm at my house, and I'm the king of my house. That was Chuck, by the way, on Anchor. Download the Anchor app if you want to interact with me on there. You can send me voice notes just like Chuck did. I'm going to start using that platform for the In Your Own Words segment of the podcast. But that is it. I wish you guys farewell. I will be here again next week, December 30th with episode 8. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, and I will see you in seven days. Peace.